Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm coming to you Friday morning, the morning after the Raptors win over the Warriors in game one of the NBA Finals. Friday is also the resumption of Hawks workouts at their own facility after a couple of weeks uh, where other things were happening. A couple of weeks ago, it was the G League Combine, the NBA Combine, and the NBA Lottery. Last week, it was a series of workouts run by the agencies. Travis Schlenk went to Phoenix, New York, Chicago, Vegas, Los Angeles. Uh, And in that week plus, he saw at least 10 different workouts held by agencies, including... Workouts that included Jordan Caroline, Terrence Davis, Zach Norvell, Dante Hall. These are players that uh, I want to talk a little bit about today because they came through Atlanta for the Hawks workouts. But uh, to be clear, there's a big distinction between the workouts held before the combine and the workouts held now. The one today... The Hawks workout features Brandon Clark, Jalen Hands, Lewis King, Jalen McDaniels, Eric Paschal, and Grant Williams. It's quite possible that all six of those players end up getting chosen somewhere in the NBA draft. I'm trying to think of a workout in the two years that they've been making these public uh, where the Hawks had six players, all of whom seemed quite draftable. I can't think of one, and, and, and God bless Travis Schlenk for making these things available to the media, publicizing who comes in for the workouts. That's terrific. Uh, <laughs> gotta love that. Appreciate you know the, the content that we'll have here for the podcast today because of it. But the workouts before the combine, you know, those are some players, you know. It doesn't have the same depth as the kind of workout you'll see today. But excited about some of these players nonetheless. And, you know, calling through what we had here for a couple of weeks prior to the Combine, I just wanted to take you through some of the players that were in and players that I talked to in advance of this process, a couple of whom who have since withdrawn from the draft, but I think are interesting cases nonetheless because, as you'll hear with a couple of the others, Sometimes they come back the next year. So as I mentioned before, the Hawks have a very interesting workout scheduled for today. They'll probably have a few scheduled for next week. 
you know, when you go to these workouts, what you see, who's in the gym, you know, it's typically Travis Schlenk, Lloyd Pierce, the assistant coaching staff, the athletic and performance training staff. You'll see some of the Hawk scouts. And you'll also see a number of the coaches and staff and management of the former Erie Bayhawks, soon to be College Park Skyhawks. Uh, their staff from the G League is there as well. Uh, on most days, you would have seen Hawks assistant general manager Jeff Peterson as well, uh, but he got a job this week as assistant general manager of the Brooklyn Nets, so congrats to him uh, on that move. And from the far corner of the facility where they have some of the massage tables and exercise bikes in the kitchen, uh, you know, you'll see some of the current Hawks players, the ones who are under contract, especially I think we've seen literally every single Hawk who is under contract for next season. They've all been there in that corner, either getting massage, getting in some work on the exercise bike, or just talking to some staff there. So everybody's back working out and getting ready for next season. All right, on to some of these player interviews from the draft workouts that preceded the Combine. And I want to start with one of the players who intrigued me perhaps the most. And that is Terrence Davis from Ole Miss. Davis is a guard, an older player who just turned 22. He worked out for the Hawks last season before withdrawing his name from the draft and going back to Ole Miss. I think we may have even featured some of his audio from last season on one of the podcasts, although I didn't actually go back and check that. He averaged, last season he averaged 15.2 points, 5.8 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and 1.6 steals. He was second team All-SEC. And in the weeks... Leading up to the NBA Combine, he did some good work. Uh, he went to the Portsmouth Invitational Tournament for you know seniors and put up a pretty good resume there. Had a couple of nice games, but especially in his third game, he had 20 points in 31 minutes, uh, five rebounds, two steals. That may have been one of the single most impressive performances at Portsmouth. And then in the G League camp, in the G League Combine, uh, he had 24 points in 22 minutes in his first game. That was the highest point total from any player in any of the G League Combine games. He had five steals. He made 10 of his 15 shots and four of his seven threes. Uh, and he had a pretty nice second game as well. And he was one of 10 players from the G League Combine who were then invited to the NBA Draft Combine. His game is pretty explosive. It's clear from what he did at Ole Miss, you know, if you look at his resume, he's an explosive athlete with a very interesting physical profile. He's not tall, he's only six foot three, uh, but he's got a long wingspan, almost six foot nine. His hands are the biggest, had the, you know, he had the widest hands of anybody who's still in the draft, uh, 10 and three quarter inches wide. That's bigger than Taco Falls hand width. <laughs> so he's got, you know, if you look at his wingspan, his hand size, uh, you know, what he was able to do in some of these combine events, he's a very intriguing player with a very interesting 
physical profile, nice kid. Uh, in his first game at the Combine, he had 11 points. This is the NBA Combine, not the G League Combine. Uh, and then in his second game, he had 19 points, made 7 of 12 shots, 3 of 7 threes in 26 minutes, and he just showed an ability to finish at the rim even against other elite athletes, uh, which is a good thing to see. As he... Uh, He's an intriguing prospect and a fun kid to talk to. And, you know, he said some interesting things about the feedback that he got last year and this year uh, from the Hawks and from some other NBA teams. Second straight year coming through this? Yes, sir. Uh, when you go through it the first time and you come back for the second time, do you get, like, feedback that helps you? Definitely. You definitely will. My junior year, I got some great feedback. Uh, I sat down with Danny Age, you know, at Boston. And I did that. That was my first one. That was the hardest one uh, I would say but um, once I once he gave me feedback I came here did an okay job uh, with some great guys I think two guys from this year's uh, well last year's uh, workout here I think two guys got drafted so it was a pretty good workout I got some great feedback from the front office here and, uh, it helped me out a lot I went back to school to uh, you know, do what I did uh, make it to the tournament and get my degree that, that was the plan you know same time we get um, get my numbers up man and, you know, we got a we had a, got a new coach Kermit Davis awesome man he, uh, he brought a lot of success in my life and my teammates life he just really you know uh, got us tied in and bought into his course and it was it was a pretty big deal he <laughs> he helped me out a lot man put me in a pro style offense so that helped me out a lot for this moment so it's a nice change to kind of get a new system and, and try out new things what kind of feedback did you get from from Danny Ainge or others? Well, he just told me. Uh, he told me this last year. He thought I was. Uh, he thought I could be an NBA player. This was last year. He thought I could be an NBA player. He told me straight up that I probably need to go back to school. Cause I, th I think he knew Kermit or whatnot. But okay. uh, you know, I had no doubt in it. I just like okay, go back to school and you know, do it all over again, things like that. But he this year he you know, he, brought, he brought me over. Uh, told me like now nah, nah, this time he was like yeah I definitely think you're NBA player like, just like then that, uh, that encouraged me like that, that was doing the workout so it helped me finish the workout really strong uh, get a three minute run I got 27 that's pretty good score I think the high was like 28 so that was pretty good but yeah it helped me out a lot man just build my confidence up uh do you have a bunch of more workouts scheduled uh not, not planned I was supposed to go to Utah from here but okay uh I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna do. I got some things to finish up for school, but uh, definitely got a lot more to do. Yes, sir. Definitely got a lot more. Uh, if you know, a lot of people get to the NBA, mm -hmm. but they might start out for a couple of months right. or a year or something in the G League mm -hmm. or Europe. Do you have a, a preferred like plan in terms of like how you might try to get there if it doesn't happen October one? Uh, I never. Well, I always think about you know playing in the NBA and things like that, but. Whatever role I have to take to get to uh, get to where I'm trying to go, and that's on the NBA roster, I don't mind taking it. Uh, just you know, prove to people that I belong in the NBA. That's my goal. All I need is one team to fall in love with me and one opportunity, and I'm gonna make the most of it. Awesome. I really so, appreciate your time. Thank you. Sir. Thank you very much. Sure. Thank you. Interesting to hear from Davis there on the perspective of withdrawing from the draft and returning to college for his senior season which is something that the next person we talked to did, uh, Mamadi Diakite, 
from University of Virginia, won a national championship this season. Uh, interesting interior player. He went to the G League Combine, uh, and I think he was, you know, looking to show people what he could do offensively. But in the G League Combine, he made three of seventeen shots, missed the three three-point attempts that he took there. You know, shooting from the outside isn't something that Diakite has necessarily been asked to do in college. Uh, we, we talked to him a little bit about that, but looking at him when he was in Atlanta for the workout, uh, watching him shoot threes, looking at his form, I don't have any doubt in my mind that that's going to be something that he can do at the NBA level uh, or whatever professional level he goes to. I, I think he will be able to shoot. He's an interesting athlete from, from his combine measurements, uh, 208 pounds, He's 6'9 and a quarter without shoes. He has a 7 foot 3.5 inch wingspan and a 9 foot standing reach. He's surely going to be asked to protect the rim at whatever professional level that he plays. His stats at UVA were extremely impressive in that he blocked 1.7 shots a game. But I think you also have to consider UVA's uh, what's the word here? Pace. They played an extremely slow pace, so blocking 1.7 shots is a lot more press, a lot more impressive than it might initially sound. Uh, he blocked 10% of the opposing team's shots when he's on the floor, and any block percentage over 10 is obscenely ridiculous. So he has some amazing potential as a rim protector, in my opinion. And he went to UVA, so big soft spot in my heart for that. Yeah, we play favorites here. <laughs> what are you looking to hear in terms of making a decision? A decision? Yeah, have you already made it or are you kind of well, still flexible? I'm still flexible, but you know, I want obviously I want to make it. Right. Um, I'm willing to see, you know, what, what, what will be the outcome of everything and what each team will be telling me if I should stay in or stay out. Obviously, I don't want to go late for the second round because I think I'm better than that. Right. And I know I can do better for, I can do a lot of things for teams. I can push teams forward, whether it's defensively or offensively, because I got a lot of tools and I'm versatile. So that's one thing. How do you get used to shooting from NBA distances? Oh, you know, from not shooting at all in the season, not being allowed to shoot at all, <laughs> uh, to not only shooting, Simply shooting twos, 18 footers, right. or uh, uh, college threes. Now I have to even extend it more. But I'm, like I told you, I'm very flexible. I get used to things quickly. So after the tournament, I took like a two, two weeks off, and then I started working out. I didn't have much time. I wish I had most, more, more time, but it's cool. You know, it was for the good. We won the national championship, <laughs> which is a big plus. But, you know, I'm on it. I'm working hard. And... You know, I'll keep just digging, and every day I'm getting better. Like last, uh, at San Antonio, I shot, I shot, I don't know, 45% on 100. And then here I shot 55%, no, 58%, okay. which is good. Right. You know, I, can, sure. I, I know I can do better. So I'm going to keep digging. I'm going to keep fighting through it. Yeah, when you when you look at NBA games, is there somebody that you kind of pattern yourself after? A lot of people. Okay. I mix them up. 
I know I'm, that's a little crazy, but no, that's good. Uh, Hakim Olajuwon is first. Dream shake. I know I need that to beat you know all these heavy guys because I, I rely on my footwork a lot and my quickness. Although I know I gotta gain some weight, uh, some weight. So there's that. And then really gay, a little bit. Uh, I watched a little bit of Vince Carter. Old Vince Carter. <laughs> is he here today? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I said, no, I'm asking. I don't know. I didn't I know if you know. crossed paths with him. No, I didn't see oh, okay. him. Okay, he's probably not here. I like, I like the way he's playing now, you know, slowing this, the game down from A to quickly B. Okay. Bang, bang, and shoot. And I watched a little bit of tape of him before. A lot of dunking. So it gives me that motor. Mm-hmm. And I make sure to watch a little bit of Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Because of his defense. I'm trying to get better at it. Uh, defensively, in the NBA, I just understood that you want to force the guy baseline okay. instead of middle. Right. Now, we do middle. Sure. So the big can blow it up, get back because uh, people don't shoot as well as in the pros. So, yeah. Uh, you get a lot of these schedules that give you a crazy schedule? Meaning? Like, is there one every day where you go Milwaukee to Boston to Orlando to Atlanta? Yeah, I had or... San Antonio first. Okay. I was a little lost, you know, first time. It happens. Well, you know, I'm not someone who will back down from stuff. I understood some stuff from then. I was like, oh, okay, so you get a, from this point, you get to attack the workout. Mm-hmm. So I understood that. And today I had, today was my second one here in Atlanta. And I, I've learned some stuff too. And I'm going to try to, you know, hopefully, you know, put, take the intensity up for the next workout too. Is there somebody that gave you advice about what to do? What to do? For all these workouts, these these, these NBA. I'm with my agent, okay. uh, Mamadi Diani. Okay. I don't know if you know him. He played for Virginia. Too. Okay. Giving me advice. I went to Virginia. You did? I did, a long time ago. Where? Well, I mean, like, uh, what department or whatever? I was a graduate. I got a PhD in math Ooh. from UVA. <laughs> Respect. That was, that was my, my dream. Okay. But I don't think. I mean, I, I got time. You know, we'll see. Like, it was my dream, though, but you told me. I need science and basketball don't go together. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to forget about that. But yeah, um, Mama Dijani, Justin Anderson. Okay. Talking to me a little bit, telling me, hey, we got to attack all these workouts, man. Uh, that's how it's going to be like. like yeah, cool. yeah, so. Are you Malcolm uh, Brogdon, too, from UB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes I talk to him. The coaches help me a little bit. Okay. Well, excellent. I appreciate you. Are you close to being done with your degree? Oh, I got two more classes. Two to more take. classes. So if I were to done. get drafted this year, yeah. I, I can somehow take it online and okay. finish those two classes. Right. And then I got my diploma. Awesome. And then I'm going to probably try to go for my doctorate. But I want to do that in business. Wait, what's, your, what's your degree in? But it's French. French? I already speak French, <laughs> French fluently. That's. Hey. It works. Thank you for your time, sir. No problem. I appreciate it. As we mentioned before, the Hawks have Brandon Clark from Gonzaga coming through today. A couple of weeks ago, his college teammate, Zach Norvell, told me that he would be staying in the draft for good. Uh, We're past now the May 29 deadline set by the NCAA for players to withdraw and keep their eligibility. So we pretty much know who's in and who's out. And as Norvell made quite clear when he was here, he's in. Norvell had an invite to the NBA Combine. Uh, It probably didn't go ideally for him there. 
He had eight points in his first game, 18 points in his second game, but he had nine turnovers combined in the two games. Uh, in the physical testing, he had uh, a 24-inch standing vertical, which, again, probably isn't ideal, especially for a player who's six, six foot four and a half inches and has a six foot six wingspan. Uh, but I think he has a lot of offensive polish. I wouldn't ever doubt anybody who went to Simeon High School in Chicago. That's and that's a great a great school for producing talent. He made over 43% of his threes as a junior for for Gonzaga last season. You know, he's he's the kind of player who I think can be an offensive threat without the ball in his hands, which is something that you're always looking for at the NBA level. So, uh, it will be interesting to see if and where he goes. In the NBA draft, we'll have to see. He also worked out for the Utah Jazz and possibly some other teams. Uh, you'll hear in this clip, you know, I, I ask him about, you know, whether or not he's in the draft or not, so you'll hear me there. But you'll also hear, I think, Chris Kirshner asking some of the questions of Norvell uh, in this clip. Just to, from the start, just to be clear, uh, are you still sort of up in the air with your decision? Uh, no, I'm fine. Are you finalized? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Um, did you miss today? It looked like you. Uh, I missed made a couple. Much yeah, I missed a couple, but for the most part, I made some shots. Yeah. Um, I know you're you're known as a shooter, but what else can you bring to an NBA team if you do get your uh, Facilitate. Uh, you know, I'm a great locker room guy. I got a, you know that knows how to win. Uh, you know, I've been lucky enough to be, been be on some good teams. So, uh, you know, being around a you know good environment. You know, from high school all the way to college, uh, even grade school. So, uh, you know, a guy that you know loves to win, loves to game. Um, you know, and a guy that loves to compete as well. Um, is this your first workout? Uh, yeah, workouts? first workout, yes. Where else are you going? Uh, I got Chicago. I got Chicago Saturday, and then uh, after the combat, I got a couple more set up. Can't think off the top of my head, though. Okay. Um, what, um, from Gonzaga, what is, like, the one thing that you've learned in college that you hope to, that translates into the NBA? Uh, just preparation. Uh, I think at Gonzaga, they do a good job of making sure everybody's prepared, making sure, you know, uh, from, from scout to, uh, you know, defensive coverages, uh, you know, what, what's our plan offensively going into the game, you know, just, uh, just preparation and mentally prepared at all times. What's the, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, just playing up an impact, man. You know, can got some scuffles a little bit. You know, just elbows and stuff. Today? No, no, no. I've been training down in Vegas, so oh, okay. you know, we played a lot of three on three down there too. So caught an elbow. What is the feedback that you've gotten so far from the agents and scouts that you have talked to? Do you uh, do you have like a range in mind of where you think you might get drafted? Uh, I don't know right now. You know, just going through the process, seeing all the feedback I get from workouts like today and you know the upcoming workouts and the combat will be big for me as well. What was the decision to go all in on the this draft instead of just waiting until next year? Uh, just being prepared, you know what I mean? Uh, I feel like you know, I'm a confident guy. Uh, you know, always, it's always been my dream, you know, uh, you know, being able to show that I can, you know, play on a high-level team that we had last year and the year before that. Uh, you know, being able to, you know, still average, you know, you know some, some pretty good numbers while also being the third option, you know. Um, so like it helped me out a lot, you know, being a guy that can play in the system, playing a lot of different roles, and uh, you know, just do what the coaches ask me to do. And uh, like I said, it's being you know prepared and uh, mature about the situation. You mentioned going to Impact. Does that kind of help you to specifically work in the three-on-three -three format because that's what they do here in the workouts? Yeah, for sure. You know, Impact they do a really good job. You know, with a lot of guys in the previous years, but you know. Uh, from my experience so far, they do a really good good job of making sure guys compete. You know, guys come in ready to work every day. Uh, you know, they have a plan as well. You know, come in, you don't just, the first day you walk in, you don't play against three and three with those guys because 
they've been working out for two or three weeks before you, so they make sure you get in condition. Sorry about that. That's all right. Make sure you get in some condition. Make sure you, you know, uh, you get a lot of reps up and stuff like that. So you know, before they throw you in the fire, make sure you know you're you're prepared. Was there something specifically that from the end of your college season to now that you wanted to work on to kind of get ready for this whole process? Uh, you know, just getting my legs a lot stronger, getting a lot more shape, and uh, just cleaning up the ball handling too, being able to make a lot of plays off the dribble. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm pretty good in the ball screens, but being able to you know just uh. You know, just search and find, you know, being comfortable off the dribble, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a big step for me. You said you're locked into this draft. Have you signed an agent then? Yes, I have signed Adam Pensack. Okay. Yeah. From which agency? Pensack. His own Pensack. Yeah, oh, Pensack, okay. yeah. I don't know. No, 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 good question. Good question. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. For sure. Um, you have two guys at Gonzaga who are likely going to be lottery picks, Brandon and Murray. I mean, what, what can those guys bring to an NBA team? Uh, those guys really compete and they love the game as well. You know, they're really, you know, uh, blue-collar workers, you know, working their tails off. You know, uh, all the time before, after practice, always getting up shots, always working on their touch. Uh, you know, guys that, you know, watch film. And like I said, just love the game. You know, guys are going to compete day in and day out and uh, just never satisfied, both of them. Do you think that helps, you know, going up against those guys in practice every day, being that they are going to be drafted high in the first round? Big time, because, you know, you understand those guys, you know, they're, they're there for a reason. You know, they're there to get better. Uh, you know, they had a professional-like, you know, uh, approach to the game every day. You know, come in, take care of their jobs, you know, uh, you know, uh, they don't come in and really, I mean, of course, you know, they're really, you know, some guys play around and stuff like that, but, you know, they're really, like I said, professional when, when it comes to the game, when they step between the lines, you know, know what they want to get better at and uh, they take advantage of the time they have on the court. What do you feel like you need to prove when you are at the draft combine next week? Uh, I'm a knockdown shooter, and a lot of guys say, you know, I'm inconsistent and stuff like that. So, you know, a lockdown shooter, a guy that plays on both ends of the court, uh, plays extremely hard. Uh, like I just said earlier, you know, a guy that can play with the ball as well, you know, make plays for others. Uh, you know, like I said, just a guy that plays both hard on both ends of the floor. What do you see your role being on an NBA team in terms of like position and maybe like a player who you might try to emulate in terms uh, of style? Uh, knockdown shooter, you know, guys that you know can space the floor. Knockdown shooter, guys that you know uh, can guard the one through three. Uh, you know. Three and D guy, you know, um, you know, I look up to guys like you know Bradley Bill, guys like uh, you know left-handed perspective, uh, D'Angelo Russell, you know, guys you know, playing his own pace, you know, uh, really smart, high IQ for the game. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, guys like that, you know, like Bradley Bill plays both sides of the floor as well. You know, can can uh, can get you 20, can stop a guy from getting 20 as well. So I uh, take pride in that. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. You guys. Nice to meet you. Good luck. Uh, like Terrence Davis. Kai Bowman of Boston College came to Atlanta for a pre-draft workout for a, con a second consecutive year. Uh, last season, he came in for a workout before withdrawing his name from the draft. Bowman participated in the G League Combine. He had nine points and three assists without any turnovers in 20 minutes. In his first outing, and 11 points with four assists and four turnovers. In his second game at the G League Combine, he made three of his seven three-point attempts overall. He seems like a very good athlete. Uh, he's six one-point guard with a six-foot-seven wingspan. Uh, you watch him shoot; he's an accurate shooter, but he has a lot of lift on that jump shot. He was all ACC second team last season. He's worked out for a bunch of teams in this combine are in this pre-draft process, including the Jazz and the Pistons. Uh, he played three years at BC, and he left his name in the draft this time around.
In this clip, you'll also hear Kelsey Russo asking questions of Bowman. Okay, so I kind of want to write a story about your decision to enter as an yeah. early, early candidate. So what went into that decision to forego your senior year? Um, big, uh, big thing was just uh, talking it over with my family, uh, family about last year. Uh, last year I did a draft, so this year, uh, thinking that this year was going to be my year to be able to enter, um, getting the feedback from last year made me a different player going back to college. So that was that's what big thing that helped me uh, make my decision. And just my coach's uh, input about me uh, being the best for me, like to prove myself in the NBA. And what are you most excited about? Um, just the process again. Actually, since knowing like last year, I was on like saw unexpected things. So this year, actually knowing like the, what to expect and how to take care of my body as an NBA player. And what is, you know, working out with the Hawks and the other workouts you've had, um, how does that kind of help you in this process of figuring out, like, where, where the draft comes from? I mean, out? it's big. Um, it just helps build confidence, uh, learning new players, uh, playing with different guys, uh, helps you maintain that and show them the leadership role as a guard and showing them uh, as far as hitting shots, playing defense. So this just opened up bigger opportunities for me. In your junior year, what did you take away the most from that season that you want to be able to use? Um, big thing for me was uh, leadership role. I had to step up as a leader uh, with Jerome leaving, so I had to be more of a vocal leader and not a, um, just showing people. Just uh, so my vocal uh, vocal uh, leaders came out more skills. And when you think about you know your strengths for your mm -hmm. game, what stands out to you the most that you think you'll be able to really implement on a team? Um, just my energy level uh, from uh, offense to defense, no matter what. So just staying uh, hot of spirits and just playing hard. Is, are you like 100% in or is it like... Oh, yeah, 100% in. No, yeah, no yeah, yeah, I already signed, yeah. Okay. Uh, when you said you got feedback from last year, what kind of stuff, what kind of feedback changed what you might approach um, this big, year? Big thing was, um, like last year, uh, seeing my def defensive role, like stepping it up on defensive role, because um, last year we couldn't really, like, me getting a foul trouble was, like, hurting the team, so had to, like, sack back, like, not playing as aggressive as that defense, so this year being able to play more aggressive, like, having a backup role, but then my backup got, like, injured, so I had to go back to, like, Anyway, but also just picking that up and um, the leadership role to show people that I can hold a team accountable and uh, carry a team no matter the drought or what we're going through. Did you uh, did you talk to Jerome a lot about what he went through as a rookie? Uh, I talked to Jerome um, a little bit. I haven't talked to him much. Um, Coach was just telling me that I should like pick his brain and ask him about the whole uh, G League situation, how, uh, the biggest challenge about this year. So I was planning on hitting him after this workout. If uh, if you don't immediately get into the NBA. Mm -hmm. Do you have a preference versus like Europe versus the G League in terms of like staying ready? Uh, I think G League probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, haven't really like thought about overseas. Um, just plan on trying to prove myself to be in the NBA. Um, what when you were younger? I guess what age did you, did you realize that you wanted to play in the NBA? Uh, I say about ten. Yeah. yeah at like uh, when I was eight, me and my brothers was when we first started playing like recreational sports. So around that time, we were just playing. Uh, then we just started to love it so that that's when I actually became like more motivated just to play so football was just like I played football so football was just something I played just because yeah. it was in season then basketball came with a whole different story and I guess what point at when you were at BC did you realize like okay wait I could actually you know play uh, in the NBA? after the Duke game uh was like the biggest biggest standpoint for me um showcasing my skills against some of the top guys in that draft uh was big for me but also showcasing it to the other, um, to the commissioner, to the uh, GAs of the NBA, uh, showing that I could play with the top level. Which year was the Duke game? Uh, last, last, last year. Last year, yeah. okay, okay, cool. Uh, were there one or two two players, like, growing up that were your favorite players, especially somebody you might, yeah. like, want to copy or try uh, to I say my favorite, my favorite two players still right now is uh, Russell Westbrook and John Wall. So.
What about them that you really like, like uh, look up to? I mean, John's a North Carolina person. He actually gave me the opportunity to play on his uh, team wall, so that was that was even bigger for me because at the time, like we don't round from we don't. It's Jerry Stackhouse uh, at Kinston, and then he stopped recruiting. So I'm down by the East Coast, so we didn't get tough. So uh, Team Wall took a chance on me, and the opportunity of them made me just give more of my heart to, heart to like the program and just uh, him as like, giving me a chance to uh, play on his uh, team. You know, if you get drafted, you get drafted in, um, during the draft, I guess, what would that mean to you and your family and just kind of like – I think it mean a lot, not just to me, but my family and uh, the people back home um, to the uh, to the youth, uh, showing that there's also another way out uh, other than football and um, the military. So just giving a look at motivation to do other things. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very Thank much. You. Appreciate, Appreciate the time. Nice to meet you. Thank, Thank you. you. One of the things that was interesting in talking to some of these players going through the pre-draft process was that you know. We would ask them about where they're going next. You know, what what are the teams do you have workouts scheduled with? And you know, oftentimes the answer was, well, I'm I'm going to Milwaukee or I'm going to Utah. But you know, a lot of times it was, well, I got to go back to college for final exams. And in the case of the next player we talked to, Jordan Caroline, uh, we asked where he was headed next, and he was headed back to Nevada to defend his senior thesis at Nevada, which I don't mean to butcher it entirely, but to, to approximate as best I can remember, he said it had something to do with Russian history. So he warned my cold, cold college professor Hart. Caroline is an impressive looking athlete. I mean, he is a, he's a grown up. He's a big guy, 240 pounds, six foot five and a half inches without shoes, a six nine wingspan. You know, as as you're watching him on the court and talking to him afterward, he just kind of reminds you a little bit of somebody like Marcus Smart, somebody who's just an oak tree in terms of how big and strong he is. Caroline averaged 17 points, 9.6 rebounds uh, for Nevada in his senior year last season. He made the All-Mountain West Conference first team as well as first team All-Defense. His father is Simeon Rice, who played 12 seasons in the NFL. Uh, you'll hear Chris Kirshner in this clip asking him a little bit about an emotional outburst he had after one of the games uh, in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, so it was interesting to hear his response there and he's worked out for a number of NBA teams including the Suns, Nuggets and Hornets and you know Travis Schlenken making the rounds the last week or so through some of the agency pro days would have seen him again in Phoenix uh, about a week ago. Caroline was invited to the G League Combine. He had eight points in 21 minutes in his first game made three of seven shots and then he had a 19 point effort where he made seven of his 10 shots. Uh, he has some positional versatility. He played some center at Nevada, but also some small forward, uh, you know, bouncing around a little bit from position to position between seasons. So this is some, there's some positional flexibility as, as well as, you know, he's a, he's an impressive athlete uh, at the G league combine. He had a 38 and a half inch max vertical leap. Uh, so, you know, he has the kind of athleticism 
where he can he can get some stuff done rebounding wise I think at the pro level even though he isn't the tallest athlete This year, yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think of the experience? What do you think of the coaching staff and whatever? Um, you know, it was a great experience. You know, they're really, really hands-on approach. They're talking through a lot of things. That makes the whole thing a lot easier. You know, especially going to your first one again. It just gives you, it takes away the nerves. So, with the staff being so uh, hands-on and so laid back, kind of, it was, uh, it was a great uh, feel. What? could you bring to an NBA team if you didn't have the opportunity to get drafted or even sign an undrafted contract? Um, I would say the ability to shoot the three, but as well as defend and uh, high energy play that brings a lot of like, tenacity on both ends of the floor and high, high rebound as well. Um, I don't know how much you watch the NBA or the Hawks in particular, but what do you, what do you know about the Hawks? Um, they have a lot of talent. I mean, uh, Trey Young is a big time player. Uh, Tony and Prince, they have a lot of good pieces. They have a lot of players that can uh, really hurt you in the competition. What did you take away from going through this process last year that you think can help you this year? Um, the biggest thing, you have to come in like in shape. Like That's, a, that's the biggest thing I, I figured out last year. Is, like You can't come in out of shape. That, like, that leaves a lasting impression. You mentioned Trey Young. When when Trey was here doing the same thing last year, mm. Coach got on the court and was guarding him and stuff. He looked like he's in warm-up clothes. Was he out there doing any kind of stuff today? Uh, no, he wasn't. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how much did watching your father, obviously he was a professional athlete himself, how much did watching him grow up help you throughout this process and what can you take away from watching him? Um, I don't really watch my father too much. It's more like my grandpa who played pro also. But like just, he just told me, you know, just do everything with your all. And, you know, it's just... Just embrace the process. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity, so you have to just take in the moment. How many do you have about a bunch of these scheduled? Like, like days um, and days of uh, workouts ahead of you? Yeah, but I get a little break because I have to go present my thesis. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I go back to school for a week and then I go to Minnesota and Detroit. What kind of thesis? Um, I'm doing it on Patrice Alumba and now uh, the Cold War had him, like, Rudolph him being assassinated pretty much because of the U.S. and Soviet interests in the Congo. Is this a bachelor's thesis? Oh, uh, yeah. Undergrad thesis? Yeah. Is that something you're interested in? Yeah. Is that like a major? Yeah, I'm a history and cultural okay. anthropology major, so yeah, I'm interested in like, people and places and uh-huh. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm a nerd. <laughs> when the draft comes around, I mean, how stressful of a night do you think that is going to be? Do you have plans yeah, yeah, yeah. for how you're planning to, I guess, watch the draft or celebrate? No, I didn't know. Um, honestly, in situations like that, I think I'm just going to be at home. It's just, probably just, just, just be a nervous wreck, but, you know, that's probably, that's probably what I'm going to do is just sit at home with my mom and my family and just hope for the best. Um, I have to ask, obviously, it kind of went viral with the, the whole fire extinction. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure teams are going to ask about yeah, yeah. that. What are you going to tell them about that incident? What did he learn from that? Right, you know, it was an out-of-character experience, and, you know, it's never happened again, and that's not the type of person I am, and, you know, just, you know, once a lifetime thing I did, that's not my personality. There's a limited number of NBA jobs, so if you don't get it straight out of the gate, do you have a backup plan in terms of how you want to get there, whether it's the G League or Europe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I just want to play basketball at the highest level. You know, obviously the NBA is the goal, but just anywhere is an opportunity, you know, and just, uh, just hope for the best and just work as hard as I can to make it happen. Is there one that you prefer out of those two? Uh, no, not really. I mean, NBA just... 
when it's a dream as yeah, a kid, and just anywhere it'd be great to play at. So anything would be like just a great opportunity. From the scouts or agents you may have talked to, I mean, what is the feedback that you have gotten so far? Um, just you know, second round, like this has been consensus, and you know that's at the work and. That's, I don't have a problem with that as long as I get my name called, I'll be happy. You know, that's what I'm working for, and so I worked all my life for it. So that's really what I want to make happen at the end of the day. Do you feel like there's a certain NBA role that you see for you? Like, are you like an undersized power forward or more of like a wing player? Or what do you expect? Uh, I would say more of like a wing, but obviously, I'm, first of all, I'm just a basketball player. Like, I can, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want me to do, I can do. So I really think that's the biggest thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Good luck to you. Thank you. Alabama's Dante Hall is another player that Travis Schlank has seen in a number of locations. In addition to his workout in Atlanta, he also uh, had an agency pro day with Clutch Management out in Los Angeles where Schlank was presumably attending. He also played in the Portsmouth Invitational Tournament, uh, had three solid games including a a 19.10 rebound, three assist, four block game. In 31 minutes where he made 9 of his 14 shots, he averaged 10.5 points and 8.8 rebounds, uh, as well as 1.6 blocks for Alabama last season. He was on the All-SEC defensive team. He clearly has the uh, athletic profile of an NBA shot blocker. He's six foot nine without shoes, but he has a 7 foot 4.5 inch wingspan, uh, so he can... He, he clearly profiles as somebody who can be a rim protector at some sort of professional level. First uh, draft workout? No, I went to um, Houston last weekend. Well, not last weekend, last week. I just okay. say probably like Thursday, Friday, one of So uh, is there anybody that you relied on to kind of give you tips on how to go through this whole thing? Uh, honestly, no. I just talked to Coach John Pell for a lot of times. Uh, Coach Avery, of course, sometimes, but um, nah, not not too much. What's it like playing for Coach Avery? I was gonna ask you about that. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, great guy, uh, funny, very coachable. Um, just a great guy all around. More of like a father figure to a lot of us. So, uh, you grew up in Alabama. You got to play at Alabama. <laughs> you ready to kind of get out and see? See another part of the world. Uh, There's yeah. no NBA teams in Alabama. Yeah, I know, I know. This is this is as close sad. as you can get. You feel me? For real, Atlanta. But um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm ready. You know, I was just in Virginia at Portsmouth, and I liked it there. So you know, just just out of out of Alabama has been been pretty good. What kind of feedback did you get from Portsmouth? Because I, I looked at your numbers from that, and they they look pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of feedback. I started with what four or five interviews when I went in, and came out like 12, 13. So I felt like that was that was a plus. Um, just trying to go go up, you know, not trying to trying to go no lower. Just trying to go straight up. How do you get used to shooting the NBA three point shot? I saw you warming up, looked pretty good. <laughs> um, I've been I've been able to shoot the ball uh, since I was in high school, but uh, you know you just limited at certain things when you're in college. You know what I'm saying? But I, I work on that a lot. Today I wasn't I wasn't on as much as usual, but. You know, it's part of the game. You don't have a good day or a great day every day, you know what I'm saying? Just make the best of it. If, uh, you know, there's only 450 NBA jobs, if uh, if you don't get one of those, do you kind of have a preferred route, whether to either play in the G League yeah, or play yeah. in Europe? 
Yeah, it'd be more likely playing in the G League. Uh, I wouldn't consider going overseas, but you know, if I have to and it'd be la my last option, I would. Awesome. <laughs> Anything else you want to share with uh, things that I didn't ask about that you want to get out there? <laughs> nah, not really. Just <laughs> embracing this this opportunity. Uh, the man above, just just loving him, making sure I keep myself straight. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. Thank yes, you for sir. your time. Appreciate it. Uh, let's finish up with Gonzaga's Killian Tilly, who, like Mamadi Diakite, withdrew his name from draft consideration after going through this pre-draft process. I'm sure that Tilly had to be a little bit disappointed. Uh, I believe that he had an invite to the NBA Combine, but didn't participate. And as he mentioned here in his interview after coming through Atlanta, you know, he, he got a little bit dinged up uh, just a few minutes into his workout in Atlanta, uh, which had to be a little bit of a disappointment, you know, especially it's kind of a grueling schedule, this pre-draft process for some of these kids. You know, they might have seven workouts in 10 days or something along those lines. And if you're not 100% physically, uh, if you do get even some sort of small nagging injury, it's it's going to linger a bit and and bother you. So... He's clearly pretty disappointed after that. Uh, you'll hear some other people asking questions in this clip, including Brad Rowland. Uh, as as Brad and I were talking about it uh, before and after, you know, he seems like Tilly seems like the kind of player that was a little bit schlanky in terms of his shooting ability and his little bit of positional versatility. Uh, so, you know, again, not going to be in the draft this season, but you know, a person to keep an eye on for next season, especially with respect to the Hawks. How did you put it in? Uh, I mean, the beginning was fine. I just, you know, got hurt uh, in, the, uh, in the beginning. So, could have been way better. But yeah. Related to what you went through last year? No, just a, a little anchor sprain uh, to my other foot, so uh, it's not really bad. Being at, being at Gonzaga, getting banged up this year, what went into your decision to sort of test the NBA draft waters and all of that stuff? Um, I mean, you know, I haven't uh, played much this year, so I uh, was feeling good, was feeling rested. Uh, so uh, I felt like uh, you know, I had to try it. Uh, and uh, I mean, yeah, my game's feeling good, so uh, might as well try it, yeah. What do you think you bring to a professional environment? What, what do you think your strengths are that teams will be looking for if they wanted to take you? Uh, I mean, I can bring a lot on the court, uh, up the court also. There's you no know, uh, uh, communication. And uh, I think on the court I can you know, bring a lot of, I can stretch the floor. Uh, I can make plays uh, defensively, defensively. So I think I can bring a lot. Is there somebody that you talk to to kind of get ready for this process or compare notes with somebody else who went through it before you? Uh, yeah, I talked to a, a few guys that were that went through the process, uh, a few teammates that, that were from uh, two years ago. Uh, also the coaches and my brother went through the process too, so I talked to him. And, uh, so yeah, I, I was aware of how I was going. Did you get any feedback from the Hawks? I know you got banged up, but anyone they tell you that you take it? Oh, uh, not yet. I haven't seen that. But yeah, probably after this interview. Are you kind of how, how do you like you know think about it then? Did, is this your first workout? Have you had any leading up to this one? Uh, that was my first one. Yeah. Evaluate whatever first at the one. end of the month. <laughs> do you have any international basketball commitments this summer? 
No, no, uh, no national team or nothing. So it's going to be a good summer to work on my game. Yeah. All right, that's all I've got from the pre-draft workout process. Uh, I wanted to close by just simply at the end of our podcast here playing the audio from Travis Schlenk from a couple of weeks ago. He had immediate availability after one of these pre-draft workouts. Uh, he took an unsolicited shot at my jump shot, which means that that's now two consecutive presidents of basketball operations who have, who have dinged me for my jump shot. It's so unfair, but I'm 800 years old, so it's way too late to change it now. But on a more serious note, as you hear Schlank ask some of these questions, especially with regard to current free agents or players who will be free agents in the near future, and they, you know, he's asked something like, well, what do you think about this player? You know, keep in mind that there's only one right answer and only one thing that you can say to a question like that. What do you think of player X who's a free agent? We love player X. We'd love to have him back. I mean, that's that's just what has to happen in those type of questions. So on those questions, you know, take them with a grain of salt. There's still plenty of other things in the interview worth hearing uh, for Travis's opinion. So to close out here, here's, here's Travis. Uh, meeting with the media after one of these pre-draft workouts. It is a slow time here. <laughs> Not a bad thing, though. Dave, we'll let you start. Everybody ready? Yeah. yeah. You're the MC? Yes. Right. The, the, the oldest, they always let the oldest guy go first. <laughs> we don't want him to forget his question. <laughs> That's pretty nice of you. <laughs> you know, the, obviously the draft lottery is unpredictable. Just going to wonder how you're coaching this one, knowing seriously how those balls come out could be franchise changing. Yeah, I mean, we like the position we're in. As we all know right now, we're sitting with the fifth odds and then potentially the ninth odds. Right. Um, so it would be really exciting. Best case scenario for us, obviously, we have one and nine. And right. that, would, that would be great for the franchise. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to it. Uh, it's all in Jamie's court now, so we hope she gets her job done. But you don't look at it. You're not looking that far ahead enough. That says I'm not one to waste a lot of time on things I can't control. Right. Which is essentially anything that happens at my house in the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've mentioned before that before the season you projected Dallas to be eighth. Before the season, where did you project the Hawks to be, and did you guys exceed expectations? Well, that's a good question. I think that we projected ourselves around 25 wins, so we exceeded expectations. Um, you know, I don't do that. We have an analytics staff with guys a lot smarter than I do that crunch their numbers and project where things are going to end up. But I think we were at 25, 25 wins right around there, 26 before the start of the season. How do you uh, evaluate Lloyd's job this season, and do you feel like, you know, looking back, that he was the right guy for his job? No, I think I made a huge mistake. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, we feel like Lloyd did a great job, you know, going through the interview process. You know, I said this the day we hired him. Like, he, he stood out. Um, he has a great ability to connect with the guys. He did a great job at the beginning of the year keeping the mood and vibe positive when things weren't going well. And then obviously you saw all the things we kept doing on a daily basis. You saw the improvement of all our young guys. You saw the improvement of the team in general. So we're very pleased with Lloyd and uh, really the league's noticed. You know, it's a huge honor for him to be on the national team coaching staff. We're extremely excited for that. So couldn't be happier with Lloyd and the job he's and his full staff did this year. We could talk about Zion now. I don't know why we would, but we can. <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts? And, you know, if you get one, is that a guy you're 
you're looking at zeroing in on? Uh, we'll worry about that after the lottery. Um, but the player itself is obviously a phenomenal talent. Um, just his size and athleticism that you just don't see. Um, all the stuff I've heard about the person is off the charts too, so it's a very intriguing prospect for sure. Are you at a point where you don't want to draft players for a certain playing position because of what you already have on the roster? I saw you shooting jumpers the other day, so we're probably not going to look at <laughs> I you. I saw you making fun of my jumper <laughs> from the back of the room. No, we're, we're not at a point. Um, you know, we're still in a development stage. We feel good about the development we made this year. Um, but I think it's important not to jump steps. You know, we're still going to take the best players we can. Like you look at the playoffs now, the position is basketball is really what's out there. So we're going to keep getting at the best talent we can, keep adding to the mix, and then we'll figure out how to blend them all together on the back end. Hypothetically speaking, if you guys were at the top of the draft and a point guard was available, obviously you guys drafted a point guard in last year's draft. Would you still take that point guard? You know, if we feel like that. he was the best player, you know, we're, we're going to obviously take a long, hard look at it. Um, again, a lot of that's going to be played out on the 14th when we figure out where we are. Um, but their teams want point guards, and so point guards have value too. And I think last year proved that we're not scared to take a pick and collect more assets. You know, really, these lottery picks are the most valuable things we have. Um, so we have to maximize those. With uh, with your roster as it's constructed now you have a few more guys in than you did last year. So with the second round picks, how are you looking at those and are we looking at some draft and stuff? Yeah, we have nine guys right now, you know, under contract guaranteed for next year. Yeah. Obviously we have the five draft picks. You know, probably don't want to add five rookies to the team. So, you know, we'll look at a lot of different things, whether it's a draft and stash, whether you know last year we took a pick and we traded it for two future picks just to take that asset and to multiply it sort of thing, or then we'll look at, you know, trying to package picks to move up as well. In free agency or the draft, is there a specific need you see this team needs? Well, in the draft, no. Uh, you know, in free agency, you know, we'll just have to wait and see how the draft plays out. You know, obviously, um, there'll probably be positions we need that we'll go out in free agency and sign. Um, my guess is we're not going to be the first one out of the gate in free agency again this year. We'll kind of wait and see kind of who falls through the cracks and we can get, you know, a good young player or a good veteran player that's going to work in our locker room and fit the needs that we need. You've mentioned before that a lot of the times marquee free agents want to go to a place that, you know, they can win. So what do you feel like the pitch is for this team right now? I think for us it's just cumulative, everything that we've got going positive right now. Um, you know, I feel like the city, there's a buzz about the Hawks right now, uh, just by the way we ended. Uh, obviously, we have the beautiful new arena. We have the beautiful new practice facility. You know, as we all know, the G League team's coming here in College Park. But there's a buzz around the league about our young core. Um, and uh, once we show that, you know, we're in contention and playoff contending, and that's when free agents are going to look at this group and say, I want to go there because, you know, we can take it to the next level. Do you feel like you're in position to get meetings with those marquee guys? We've, we're in position to have those meetings because we have the cap space. Like we, we're one of the few teams that can walk into a room and say, here's $40 million. Mm -hmm. um, and ultimately, that, that gets you in the door, is <laughs> having that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you, know, you have to show them that you have the future flexibility to go out there and get uh, you know, another player with them. You have the young players currently on your roster that project to be superstar players. And then so that's, we feel like we're in a good spot um, and we've got the future lined up to sustain that spot. Does what Trey did though this year influence that at all? Do you believe that 
there's there's going to be a player that wants to play with that guy. Yeah, I, I think when you look at star players around the league, most of them are scorers or, or they want the ball. And when you have a point guard who can make plays, um, just just look at all our, our big guys this year. You know, Dwayne, Alex, John, they all had career years. And a lot of that, now they worked hard and they got better, but a lot of that is Trey getting them wide open shots at the lane, getting them wide open shots on the perimeter. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I do believe that's what happened. Any more than you thought it might be when you picked him with a year of hindsight? Um, listen, he obviously had a great year. Um, but if you think back to draft night, you know, the first thing that we came out and said was his ability to make plays and pass the ball. And I think we all saw that this year. Speaking with Torian throughout the season, and in particular right before the trade deadline, he was well aware that his name was out there in trade rumors. I mean, do you feel like Torian is a part of the team's foundational core moving forward? I think Torian um, got off to a rough start at the beginning of the year. Obviously, the whole team did, not just Torian. Um, then he came back from his ankle injury halfway through the season, and I thought he played really well the last couple months of the season. Um, you know, we had kind of established identity by then. I think he fits that identity of how we want to play with his ability to shoot the ball. Um, you know, I've stated many times, and I honestly believe this, like he's one of the best spot-up shooters in the NBA, um, and that's what every team's looking for. So I, I have no problems with touring the player, and I can see him being a part of this team. He mentioned that at the start of the season, because of last year, how he ended, you know, he was the go-to scoring option. He's taken 14 shots per game before the injury, came back after the injury, was shooting, I think, nine shots per game. Was that by design, or was that something that he took it upon himself to you know, lower his number of shots to increase efficiency? I think that it was just when he came back, that's just kind of how he, he was able to fit in. Mm -hmm. You know, as this, as he came back, obviously, the ability to shoot the ball, but he started running more DHOs coming from the left corner to his right hand, making <coughs> plays in the pick and roll. Um, so I thought he played really well and became, obviously, as you said, more efficient you know, the last couple months of the season. You mentioned positionalist basketball earlier. There's a lot of guys in, in maybe in your theoretical range that are wings. Are you someone who subscribes that you can't have too many wings kind of corollary where you just want it because those guys are super valuable in the way the game is being played now? Yeah, I mean, obviously we have a bunch of wings on our roster right now. Um, Listen, I've said it a hundred times, and it sounds really elementary, but you know, being able to dribble, pass, and shoot uh, <laughs> in today's league is really important. Um, if you're a guy out there and you can't do one of those things, you're almost a liability. Um, so I, I would have no problem adding another six foot seven to six foot ten guy that can play on the perimeter to the roster because you'll just they'll just find a way for them to get on the floor. Is there any special emphasis on defense, knowing that that's where you struggled the most this year in the draft looking for, or is it suddenly you're just looking for all two-way guys eventually? You know, again, like I said, we're at a point where I think we just need to keep stockpiling talent, and then we'll figure it out. I mean, obviously, there'll be internal growth in our young players uh, defensively. I thought you saw that this year, if you paid attention closely at the beginning of the year, when there'd be a switch and Trey would get on a guy and they'd roll him in the post, you know, Trey would stay on him. And then by the end of the year, you'd see when there's a switch and Trey'd get on a guy, a wing from the weak side would kick him out to the corner and take him. Like those small things that just take time for a young basketball team and young players to figure out are going to help um, our defensive numbers in general. Going back to Torian, um, he's eligible for a rookie extension this summer. Are those conversations you plan on in, uh, having with him? Yeah, I actually talked to his agent last night, you know, just kind of jokingly, you know, we can't do it until July. But um, we'll, we'll go through those uh, exercises with he and agent and see if we can work something out with him. Um, Lloyd, Lloyd mentioned how Dwayne was a big part of the team's offensive identity. 
obviously is an unrestricted free agent. Do you consider resigning him a priority for this team? Um, Dwayne is a guy that I signed to his first contract a long time ago in Golden mm -hmm. State um, when he played for our G League team. So I've always been a fan of Dwayne. Um, I, I like his game. I like how he shows up and plays hard every night. He's an unrestricted free agent. You know, he's earned that earned that right. Um, we'll sit down and have conversations with his agent uh, at the appropriate time. Um, but I have no problem having Dwayne back on this team. We just got to kind of wait and see how it all plays out. So I answer the same for Vince Carter since kind of he's come out and said uh, he, he's going to give the Hawks the first, you know, first opportunity. You know, I, I didn't know Vince going into this season. You know, we had heard all the stuff that he was a great mentor and a great guy in the locker room. And I, I got to tell you, he really was unbelievable with our young guys. Um, you know, he's been in the league for 21 years now. And when you have a guy that has been at the top of the league to go to being a role player mentor, like you just don't see that often, right. to have their egos stay in check, and he fully embraces it, and he, he was really big for us. Um, you know, we got to see how everything plays back, but I, plays out this summer, but I certainly wouldn't have any problem if he was a member of the Hawks again either. Travis, one ask about our, our local guy who worked out for you today. DeMarcus had his day cut pretty short, I guess, but yeah. uh, what do you know of him and, and his game translating to the next level? You know, as you mentioned, you know, unfortunately he sprained his ankle about two minutes into the workout, so he didn't have a lot of, to show us today. But uh, obviously I've seen him play over the last few years being here in Atlanta. Um, extremely athletic kid, kind of a sneaky athlete. Doesn't, doesn't really look like it, but he, he's got good bounce, good quickness. Uh, he can handle the ball, he can make plays, and he can score. So as we talked about the guys that, you know, succeed in the NBA today, he, he's kind of got that package. If you guys don't sign... Dwayne um, to another contract is the emergence of Alex. Um, you know, does it lessen the blow if he if Dwayne can't come back? Yeah, I mean, obviously having depth at every position is what you're looking for. Alex was a guy that we signed last summer. You know, later in the summer, um, again, a guy that we took from a situation we felt like maybe he couldn't show everything he could do. Um, still young, 24, 25 years old at the time. Uh, he had a great year. We're very excited about him. He's actually in the weight room right now. He's one of our best workers, and so we're excited about him being on the roster next year. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't call it a security blanket. I mean, obviously, you need more than one center, but um, really excited to have Alex on the roster next year. Obviously, Amari was hampered by injuries throughout the season. What are your expectations for him going into year two? Amari's been in town uh, this week again, so we had our first guys in this week working out. Um, Obviously, wish he would have had an opportunity to play down the stretch last year. You know, he, he has a skill for a big guy. He, he can stretch the floor. Um, he's one of our stronger guys in the post. You know, he's got size to battle in there. He's, he's a good shot blocker. Uh, and he's got to get better on the defensive rebounding. But, uh, you know, offensive rebounder, he's one of our better offensive rebounders too. So we just need to keep him here um, this summer. He's going to play summer league, so that's going to be big for him. And hopefully we'll get him in here healthy at the start of camp, and he'll be able to give us a full season next year.